proactively protecting public health in the Delaware River Basin and beyond. DamascusCitizens.org This is Rosie Starr for Radio Catskill. Welcome to Farm and Country, locally produced radio about rural life in the Catskills and the Delaware River Valley. On today's show, Keith Hubbard has a Star Talk report on telling time with a sundial. From our Farm and Country archive pantry, we will revisit the 2017 Ramp Festival in Roscoe, New York, to hear about the seasonal local specialty. Christine San Jose shares her delightful salute to an Easter bunny. We'll hear yarn slinger Kazri Jackson with a debut performance from February 2022. All of that coming up on today's Farm and Country. But first, news headlines from NPR. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Amy Held. The mayor of Kiev says one person was killed and several wounded in a missile strike on the capital. Russian warplanes are also targeting Lviv in the west, where Ukraine's Air Force says they've shot down four Russian missiles. NPR's Ada Peralta has more from eastern Ukraine. In the past uh, couple of days, fighting continues across the country. In Poltava, not far from here, a man was reported uh, killed by a missile strike. In Kharkiv, where I just came from, there's shelling every day. And the fighting is intensifying in the Donbass region in the east. And here in Dnipro, the air raid sirens haven't stopped all night and all day. In the south, officials in Mariupol are reporting terrifying Russian plans for a city that has already suffered so much. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter says starting Monday, Russia aims to close off all exit routes, round up all remaining men and take them to a filtration camp. Seven weeks of relentless Russian shelling have reduced the port city to rubble, but there are still more than 150,000 people trapped in Mariupol. Now, according to Petro Andrushenko, a senior aide to the mayor, the Russians plan to seal off all routes in and out of Mariupol, round up all men and take them to the nearby town of Novazovsk, which they've held since 2014. There, the men would be divided into groups. Some would be forcibly mobilized into the Russian occupation corps. Others be sent back to Mariupol to clear up the mountains of rubble, and the rest placed in detention. Mr. Andrushenka said filtration involved abuse and even mock executions. He claims many who failed the screening are then disappeared. The BBC's Sasha Schlichter reporting... Voters in France are set to choose their next president in a runoff next weekend. But NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports from Paris, many voters say they don't want either candidate. It used to be that voters banded together across political divides to block the far right and vote for the opposing candidate, no matter who it was. This is called mounting a Republican front based on the belief that the far right does not adhere to basic French Republican values. But this time, the so-called far right under Marine Le Pen has adopted more moderate positions and a segment of the population sees Emmanuel Macron's so-called ultra-capitalist policies as destroying the country. In this atmosphere, many on the left plan to abstain. Some pollsters say not voting is the equivalent to a vote for Le Pen. Eleanor Beardsley, NPR News, Paris. 
Multiple wildfires are burning in Arizona, Texas, and Colorado outside Boulder. A new blaze broke out Friday. And red flag warnings in New Mexico today indicate increased fire risk as a deadly wildfire near the town of Riodoso has grown to 6,200 acres and is 0% contained. Thousands of people are under evacuation orders there. You're listening to NPR News. Support comes from... Van Gorder's Furniture, featuring Lodge and Adirondack styles as well as rustic collections, with showrooms at Lake Wall and Poppock, downtown Honesdale, and Milford, PA. Van Gorder's Furniture brings the outdoors inside. VanGorders.com. This is Rosie Starr. Welcome back to Farming Country. Coming up on today's show, from our Farming Country Archive Pantry, we will revisit the 2017 Ramp Festival in Roscoe, New York, to hear about the seasonal local specialty. Christine San Jose shares her delightful salute to an Easter bunny. And we'll hear yarn slinger Kazri Jackson with her debut performance that was recorded in February 2022 at the Seminary Hill Cidery in Calicoon, New York. But first, here is Keith Hubbard with Star Talk. Thank you for joining us on Radio Catskill for this week's locally produced Farm and Country. Country. I'm Keith Hubbard, and this is Star Talk. Rather than talk about the stars in our night sky this week, I'm going to talk about the one star we can see in our day sky. Our sun has been used for thousands of years to tell time. The sundial is the oldest known device used for keeping time. The earliest known sundial still preserved dates from the 8th century BC. A sundial tells time by the shadow of an object cast by the sun. The length of day, as told by successive returns of the sun at midday, is slightly less than 24 hours. This means that the time as told by a sundial will be slightly off the time as told by a clock. But four times a year, the time as told by a sundial and a clock will agree, and one of those days will be today or tomorrow. When the sun reaches its highest point in the sky at that time, a sundial will read noon and a clock will read 1 p.m. because we are now on daylight saving time after springing forward one hour last month. Afterward, noon by a sundial will come slightly earlier than noon by a clock every day until mid-May when noon by a sundial will come four minutes earlier than noon by a clock. The other three instances when time by a sundial and by a clock will agree are on or near June 15th, September 1st, and December 25th. Enjoy this unique day when time by a sundial and time by a clock agree. 
If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future Star Talk segments, my email address is startalk at farmandcountry.org. For Farm and Country and Star Talk, this has been Keith Hubbard reminding you to keep looking up. This is Rosie Starr. I picked from our Farm and Country archived pantry a delightful segment from my visit to the 2017 Ramp Festival in Roscoe, New York. We'll hear a sample from the Cornell Cooperative Extension booth and a local vendor about this spring delicacy. I've approached the booth over at the Cornell Cooperative Extension, Sullivan County. And who am I speaking with? Louise Benjamin. Hi, Louise. So tell us what you'd like us to know. Okay, so your ramp, your wild leek or your ramp grows in your wild. It grows in a moist area, shaded under trees, probably maybe in your backyard if you're lucky enough. The plant is completely edible. Now is the time to pick it, though. But they are becoming endangered. People are overpicking, so you have to be really, you know, cautious when you go into an area not to take every single wild ramp that you see or we're not going to have any more left. I say I suggest only a third. Take only a third. And depending on what you're going to do with the ramp, if you're just going to eat the leaves and chop it up and put it in your salad, just take the leaves. Don't take the whole plant. This preserves the rest of the plant. It allows it to flower, go to seed, and produce more ramps for you for next year. And I stopped at the stall to buy some ramps. And who am I speaking with? My name is uh, Jacob Bacon. I'm from Roscoe, New York. I've been digging and harvesting ramps commercially. The ramps that I've harvested are all locally grown here in the Catskill Mountains. They tend to grow in moist, shaded soil. We also live on the border in which an area where the Canadian leeks grow. They're all green. There are no red to them. They're a little bit sweeter than the Appalachian leek. My family's been harvesting them around here for, I would say, over 100 years. What is so special about ramps? The ramps are known to Appalachian ramps. They grow in a specific area in North America, Appalachian Mountains through the Catskills and part of the Adirondacks, also in Canada. The ramps that are grown around here are red on the stalk and are known only in this area as the Appalachian ramps. They are a wild onion that were offset from what onions are today. The onions today were grown from these ramps, from seed form, and through years of cultivation, we have what is known as the onion today. Tell me about harvesting ramps. When we harvest the ramps, it's manual. There's no machine used. You have to dig them by hand. You have to wash them, clean them, debug, dehusk, all by hand, no machine. They have to be stored below 40 degrees, generally for two to three days before they're edible in quality. They need to be refrigerated for two to three days before you can eat them and have them sweet. Otherwise, they're bitter. Does extreme weather affect the crop? The late snows that we have in March and stuff does affect the leek or ramp crop. It tends to make them better. They're a cold weather vegetable. They like the snow. They like the cold weather. 
they reproduce better when we have a wet spring. Do you yourself cook with them? I do use them myself. We tend to use the Canadian ones more. They're a little bit sweeter. If you can find them, they're very rare, but they do grow here. Till the end of May, we will use them in our family. But after May, they're gone. As we all know, they're a very spring-orientated vegetable. What kind of foods do you think they make with them? I know that one of the local restaurants, they make pasta from ramps with the leaves and as well from the bulbs. I know a lot of people make pesto from the ramps. And also uh, they do a stuffed chicken with mozzarella that's really tasty. Ramps are harvested during trout season, also the beginning of trout and shad. Do people mix them together on a plate? I have seen quite a few dishes made with uh, the stuffed trout and rams. Also, I've seen a lot of dishes this time of year with the uh, fiddler ferns and the rams also mixed together. The saying is, as a commercial ramp harvester, when fishing season starts, the ramp season starts. That's a beautiful local saying. Sweet. The pride in which we take in the ramp harvesting and the, the cultivation, actually, of keeping them going and not over-harvesting and not abusing the renewable resource that we have here is tough, and it's been a family thing for a long time. Do you plant the seeds in the fall and the autumn? When the seed pods come up is early September, so the ramps will grow, they'll have a green leaf, the green leaf will die off, the seed pod will come up in early September. We go back to the sections that we've harvested the ramps from, and we respread the seed pods to renew the resource. That way they grow again healthily and plentiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Continuing on our visit at the Ramp Festival, I came across a booth called Lumps Spice. Shake a little, eat more. <laughs> Who am I speaking with? Josh Nelligan. Tell me about your spices. Uh, we have 16 different blends that we make. Um, they're all natural, no preservatives, all but four, gluten-free. Uh, we're involved in the process from beginning to end. We label the bottles, we mix, we bottle, we seal. Uh, all Everything local out of West Oneana, New York. Any of these spices getting used on ramps? Oh, you could use quite a few of them on ramps. Uh, but we formulate our recipes to be able to use a, a wide variety of preparations with a wide variety of meats and vegetables. Tell me about the recipe you use for the ramps. The spring green skillet is a combination using ramps and chard. Um, essentially chopped up and you put a couple fried eggs in it with goat cheese. Um, and the other is a smoky breakfast casserole with sausage and ramps. Just pretty much has the caramelized ramps using some of our summer smokehouse uh, and it comes out similar to a quiche or a frittata. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. This is Rosie Starr from our Farm and Country Archived Pantry, a segment from my visit to the 2017 Ramp Festival in Roscoe, New York.
Celebrate the arrival of spring by harvesting a bounty of ramps that you pick. Also known as wild leeks, ramps are related to garlic and onions and grow wild in the forests of the Upper Delaware River watershed. Ramps are the first edible green plant of spring. Would you like to learn how to harvest, wash, store them, and sustainably manage a ramp patch? Forager Steve Schwartz says Delaware Valley ramps will be open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday during the season. Ramps You Pick season runs from Friday, April 22nd through Sunday, May 15th. Info at DelawareValleyRamps.com has ticket information. Here is Christine San Jose with one of her original poems that is a delightful salute to the Easter Bunny. It's called Rabbit Secrets, and I can't remember when I wrote it a long time ago. I do love rabbits, even when they come nibbling in my garden, I do love rabbits. So it goes like this. Rabbit Secrets. What do you hear with those ears, rabbit? What do you smell with that nose? What do you spy with those bright brown eyes? What is it your rabbit heart knows? Do you hear the bells ring far and near, rabbit? Do you smell new life aborning? Do you spy the glory that fills the sky? Does your heart know it's Easter morning? Here is yarn slinger Kazri Jackson from her debut performance on the topic, What Really Matters, recorded in February 2022 at the Seminary Hill Cidery in Calicoon, New York. Wake Up Call What if you wake up one morning And everything is not as it was When you went to sleep the night before What if you wake up one morning And realize that everything You've ever thought about everything Might be wrong What if you wake up one morning Feel the heavy weight of your assumptions You've so willingly been carrying on your shoulders What if you wake up one morning Good and bad, right and wrong Us and them might not be true What if you wake up one morning And the world you used to see Has peeled away from your eyes like a distant dream What if you wake up one morning Your thoughts revealed as constructs That become the outer world's Constructions and destructions What if you wake up one morning Free of manufactured fears Accumulations of impressions Wasted energy potentials What if you wake up one morning and the great quest of your existence has dissolved 
And you've evolved into the only open question with no need for answers at all. What if you wake up one morning no longer shackled to the chains of anyone's beliefs or judgments, including all your own? What if you wake up one morning, your bones release their histories, ancestral mysteries you've been carrying for generations alone? What if you wake up one morning, all the shoulds and shouldn'ts lifting off your shoulders that become as light as wings? What if you wake up one morning knowing that not knowing is as beautiful as knowing and that for all you know, they may be the same thing? What if you wake up one morning a feeling calls you to the piano. You go downstairs, your hands are light, the keys are soft, the music tumbles out like stars. And you recall an early declaration. I want to learn to improvise so I can synchronize my life with all creation. You visualized an improvising universe out there somewhere. You never realized the power of those words would one day lead you backward, inward, through your own disintegration to the cosmic moment of all creation and the origin of your own conception revelation the birth of a soul into an incarnation is a perfect celebration of the dance between creating and creation out into the world back into the womb out into creating back into creation out into the world back into the womb out into creating back into creation what if you wake up one morning you watch a train of thoughts arriving at your central station but this time you realize you have a choice you don't get on that train to its familiar destination You simply wait, meditate, and then you wake up one morning, the world has lost its weight, disease has turned to ease, the morning light <clears throat> streams in the bedroom windows. <clears throat> all the world around you opens up inside of you you are the silence and the space the darkness and the light you are the birthplace of all 
creations, improvisation. Out into the world, back into the womb. Out into creating, back into creation. Out into the improvisation, back into the meditation. up one morning, our fossil fuels exhausted, our mattered thoughts exploding into light as bright as 200 million suns. <laughs> what if we all wake up one morning to find that love is now sustainable, renewable, infinity of formless formlessness, our freedom lights the sky. 200 million stars are possibilities of singularities. 200 million love songs birthing in and birthing out of one. Out into the many songs Back into the one song, out into the love songs, back into the one love. You wake up one morning, your infinite and finite formlessness and form, your disappearing and appearing, pulsing in and pulsing out, at peace within the subtle inhalation, exhalation of pure vibration, out into the form back into the formless, out into the finite, back into the infinite, out into the time, back into the timeless, out into the sound, back into the silence, out into the particle, back into the wave, out into the wave, back into the ocean, out into the song, back into the improvisation, out into the improvisation, back into the pure vibration. What really matters is the realization. We're one, breathing in and breathing out. We're one, pulsing in and pulsing out. We're one, creation. Creating with one.
creating creation. Yarn slinger Kazri Jackson from her debut performance on the topic, What Really Matters, recorded in February 2022 at the Seminary Hill Cidery in Calicoon, New York. We hope that you enjoyed our show this week with production by Radio Catskill volunteers Keith Hubbard and Christine San Jose. Special thanks goes to our guest, Yarn Slinger, Kazri Jackson, from her debut performance on the topic, What Really Matters, at the Seminary Hill Cidery in Calicoon, New York. This has been your host, Rosie Starr. Thanks for listening and supporting Farm and Country on Radio Catskill, public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Support for Farm and Country comes from Damascus Citizens for Sustainability, a community-supported, science-based nonprofit taking legal actions, providing tools for action, and raising awareness of fracking damage since 2008, proactively protecting public health in the Delaware River Basin and beyond. DamascusCitizens.org Janicean became famous as a teenager. She won a Grammy in 1967, and she won a Grammy 46 years later for her spoken